Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass called How I Built This. To drop these value bombs, I have brought Guy Raz on the mic. He's the creator and host of the popular podcasts How I Built This, Wisdom from the Top, and The Rewind, which is on Spotify. He's also the co-creator of the acclaimed podcast TED Radio Hour and the children's programs Wow in the World and Two What's in a Wow. He's finally decided to take all his great interviews from How I Built This and write a book aptly named How I Built This. And today, Fire Nation, we'll be talking about how to know when it's time to pivot your business idea, what do great businesses do better, and when it comes to pursuing your own idea, why are hearing the stories of other people so important? And so much more, Fire Nation, as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. Grow your online business with online courses by jumping into Thinkific's first ever five-day course challenge. Over five days, you'll hear from five rockstar entrepreneurs, including myself, who have firsthand experience in building a thriving online course business. Sign up for this free challenge today at thinkific.com slash fire. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com slash fire. Guy, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Well, I can um, stretch my skin in a freakish, freakishly <laughs> wide way. That if you went to if you went to a circus and there was a sideshow, you would pay a quarter to go to that tent that I was in, sitting there stretching my face <laughs> as far as I could. It's really a gift I have, and I promise you, I can stretch my face more than you can. I saw you speak at Podcast Movement. It was a great talk. But why did you not start the talk and every talk that you do by stretching your face in front of everybody? That's a great icebreaker. It's actually a huge deficiency. I, I don't know. It's a failure. And I'm gonna, I'm, I've got to totally like revamp the way I, I, I start off my, my talks. <laughs> From now on, you're right. I know. <laughs> it's the icebreaker, man. Everybody in the audience yep. is going to be like, what a cool guy. Yep. But Guys, something that you don't know about me is that I actually have a niece and a nephew, and they are massive wowzers. They absolutely oh, love, love they love wow in the oh, world. Thank you for that. That's so great to hear. I I love that so much because that show, Wow in the World, is a passion. We started as a passion project, me and Mindy, and my friend Mindy Thomas, who's my co-host, and it's just we wanted to find a way to talk about science with kids that would be so fun and funny that they wouldn't even know that it was that they were learning. And, you know, three and a half years in, it's it's we, we have a, a huge audience and we never made it for that reason. We just made it because we, we wanted to make it for our own kids. And I love when I hear um, and I meet kids who listen to the show. It It's actually it's awesome. I mean, it's just the best, best, best thing. Well, they're both living in San Diego right now, but actually just last week, they literally did get on a plane, crazy enough, and they flew out to Puerto Rico, which is where I live. And I knew I was going to be talking to you today, obviously. So I sat them down and I said, hey guys, I'm speaking to Guy Raz next uh -huh. week. And they go, wait, Guy Razi? They go, you have to make sure to tell him that Stella and John say hello. So Stella and John say hello. Oh, man. Well, I say hello back to Stella and John. Awesome. That is so cool. That yeah. will make their day. And 
Guy, thank you for doing that. Thank you for creating all of the value that you do in the world. I mean, I've been personally a listener of How I Built This for years and years and years. And you've interviewed some of the top entrepreneurs in the world to date. So let's just dive into this because I know my audience, Fire Nation, they want to know what we need to do to develop ourselves, to start a business, to pursue big ideas. What's the next step? The next step to pursue a big idea is hard work. I mean, I mean, coming up with an idea, right, and, and imagining your product on the shelves of a store or or you know, improving someone's life or people talking about it, that's the easiest part about starting a business. That is the easiest part when you come up with it. The hard work begins the next day when you sit at a table and you start to map out the business plan. And then you start to figure out how am I going to pay for it? How am I going to get it distributed? How am I going to make it get it made? How am I going to get it going? Now, the the key and the trick to doing this is to think about about it in in the same way that um, in the same way of an African proverb. There's an African proverb that says, "The way to eat an elephant is one small bite at a time," and that is essentially the story of of creating, founding, and creating a business. It is one small problem, sometimes large problem, to the next, to the next, and to the, to the next. And and essentially, it's a never-ending story. Running and start, starting and running a business is about solving problems on a day-to-day basis, but they become more manageable over time. And so really, to take your idea and to get it off the ground, you've got to break down your your problems, you've got to break down your ideas in smaller chunks and tackle the challenges one at a time. Ideas are easy, Fire Nation. Success takes hard work. And I love that African proverb, the way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And I mean, Guy, if I've heard it once on your show, I've heard it a hundred times, they share that if they knew that their business, if they even had a clue that it would be 10% as hard as it ended up being, they never ever would have even started it. So in some cases, ignorance can be absolute bliss and just take that one bite, Fire Nation, one bite at a time. So entrepreneurs, non-entrepreneurs, there's a difference there. What makes entrepreneurs different from people who just aren't entrepreneurs? They try, they take the leap, that's it. There's no difference. They're not superheroes. They're not, um, they're Clark Kent's, like all of us. We are all potential entrepreneurs. The only difference is that is that the people who founded and started successful businesses, the ones that I've profiled on my show, and but even smaller ones, they they took they took the leap. They took um, a mitigated risk, um, and that's it. You know that is that is the basic difference. I mean, there is no there's no hidden superpower they have. There's no extra um, you know nat- natural inherent traits they have. Of course, some people have more charisma, and some people might be better at math, and some people might be really organized and some people might have, you know, uh, just a great, you know, just a great sort of ability to just sell people on things. But by and large, entrepreneurs learn how to do these things. And key among those things is learning how to accept rejection. And if you can learn how to accept rejection, you can really begin to build the kind of resilience you need to start, a, to start a business because it's hard. It's hard work. Fire Nation, can you learn to accept rejection? Every day getting up, getting punched in the face, falling down and saying, you know what? 
I'm going to get up and I'm going to try that again. And Guy, you've profiled so many people who have been punched in the face. You've profiled and interviewed and chatted with so many people who have gotten rejection after rejection. And you took all of these stories. You took all of this knowledge and you finally wrote your book, How (laughs) I Built This. Who is this book specifically written for? It's written for anybody who wants to start something, anybody who is in, who is has started something or is inspired by the stories of people who start something. And I say something, not business, because it's not just for people who want to start businesses, but it's for people who, who have a big idea and they might be working inside of a bigger company. It's for people who who need a voice to encourage them to say, you got this. You know, the book is really designed to help you really think about the architecture of a business from the very, very beginning, from, from coming up with an idea all the way to the end, you know, or all the way to the, 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 the point where your business hits 35,000 feet and you're at cruising altitude. But it's told through stories. You know, it's, it's a business book, but it's not, it's not uh, you know, designed to be filled with theory and abstract ideas. It's, it's filled with real wisdom and real ideas and real mistakes and challenges that people dealt with and solved along their journeys to creating huge businesses. And of course, I've had, you know, I've had the great fortune to interview some of the most well-known entrepreneurs on earth, like Richard Branson and Howard Schultz and Sarah Blakely and, and, and Jim Cook of, of Boston Beer Company and Howard Schultz. I mean, you know, in, in the, on and on, the founders of Airbnb and Slack and Instagram. So, uh, you know, having interviewed now more than 300 of these these entrepreneurs, um, you know, I have this incredible data set and, and body of information through stories that really offer an incredibly clear and um, and I think honest path and assessment of how to to build something, how to build something of meaning. So, guy, this is kind of a personal question. I've just always wondered, you know, being a podcaster myself, a lot of your interviews are around the hour time frame-ish. How much audio recording are you doing? How much time goes into creating just an hour's worth that's that finished product? A lot of time goes into it. I mean, we we work about four to six months ahead because, for, for one thing, we spend a lot of time thinking about who we want to invite on the show. Um, and that takes a lot of time. We, we do one episode a week and we're a small team and we, we, we really spend a lot of time vetting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories and, and potential guests. Um, and then I interview that person. Um, sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's shorter. Sometimes the interview is longer. And then we really spend time um, making sure that the story is you know, is, is, a, is a clear narrative. I mean, my job is to help that person tell their story. And so we're able to kind of construct a narrative. And the reason why I think narrative is so important is because the core of business is story. A business is a story. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be Airbnb or Starbucks or, you know, a, a Salesforce. It can be the, the story of your HVAC company. But every business has a story. I just met a guy I live in the Bay Area in California, and I just met a guy in Northern California who's got a farm stand, um, and he grows all the vegetables uh, right there on site. And we just got to talking, and you know, 
I heard his story. His story is he got he he wanted to um he loves farming and he didn't like going to farmers markets. It was a pain and he just set up a farm stand right there on his farm and um he's got an honor system and 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 that's that and that works for him, you know? Um and and so I believe that every you know, every business, every enterprise at its core is a story. And that's that's essentially what we try to do and what we try to sort of shape on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Just always so curious that process and what went into it. So that's it's really fascinating to hear about. And, you know, going back to your book and, you know, who it's written for, I personally, Fire Nation, identified as a person that Guy was talking about who was inspired by other stories. And frankly, many of those stories I heard on how I built this. And I just want to ask you, Fire Nation, as you're listening to this, like which one of the descriptions a guy went through do you identify for yourself? Now, the reality is, guy, in our life, in our business, in our ideas, sometimes we just have to pivot. So what are the best ways that we can pivot our business ideas? This is a really crucial question that many, many businesses face, right? Because a lot of businesses start out doing one thing and actually become successful doing something completely different. One of my favorite stories is a story of ClassPass. Um, you know, ClassPass, the first unicorn of this decade, it's valued at over a billion dollars, obviously having some trouble right now with COVID, but basically they connect um, people who want to um, take fitness classes. And initially, you know, 10 years ago when they started out, it was it was designed to connect people who want to take any kind of classes, photography, art, music, you know, whatever it was. And, um, Initially, it was a flat rate. You know, you, you paid a flat rate and you got what was called a passport and you could take as many classes as you want. And then they shifted and pivoted towards fitness. And and then it was the same kind of model where – but that was unsustainable. And they, and they realized they had to take a, a, another pivot towards – essentially towards the model they have today. Um, you see this all the time in businesses. And, and sometimes they're – there are pivots like the one I just described with ClassPass. Sometimes they're hugely dramatic pivots, like the story of Slack. I mean, Slack started out as a massive multiplayer online game called Glitch. That was the company Stuart Butterfield wanted to create. But when that business failed, he just kind of expected to figure something new out. Well, in you know, unbeknownst to anyone uh, around him, they had the business right there under under their noses. They developed an internal messaging system to help the developers and the marketers and the engineers and the you know the the products people to communicate internally and that was the the program that became slack so this thing that was just developed as an afterthought wasn't meant to be the business the business was meant to be a software a computer game massive computer game when that failed they realized they actually might have something here with this software called slack and you know uh, we all know where, where Slack is today. <laughs> yeah, one of the stories I also love too is back in the day, like Jack Dorsey and like the Twitter team, you know, they were actually starting a podcast company. But guess what? They were just early. I mean, this was like early, it's like mid 2000s. They were early in the podcasting game and it just wasn't getting traction. But they had that little tiny side project going on where they were just like sending out, you know, 45, whatever, 128 characters. And all of a sudden, like when they put a little bit of focus into that, boom, that thing blew up and that pivot for them was pretty quick and pretty easy once they saw that kind of traction that happened. And Guy, it is true that people are listening to this podcast right now and, and people that listen to your show, like they don't necessarily want to be entrepreneurs. They don't necessarily want to start their own business, but 
they want to affect change within their own company. So how can they think entrepreneurially to affect that change within their own company? Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is one of my favorite favorite questions and favorite topics because I think that, look, not everybody wants to go and start their own thing. A lot of people really love working for a bigger organization and they love the 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 team, you know, the the camaraderie and the and the teamwork and they love the connection um, and love walking. I mean, this is why why COVID is so challenging for so many people because they're they miss their colleagues. Um, look, every single person who works at a big organization can identify problems and challenges in the systems, in uh, you know operations, or even in the products. And all, all, anybody listening to this who, who works for a big company has had the experience where you know that there's something wrong with the way you're doing business. Um, well, the answer to that is is to come up with a solution. And, and that, that can create friction. That can create um, tension and disruption. But if, if what you are trying to do is to improve on something that you know, your business makes or, create, or your company makes or creates or a system that it uses, if you're trying to improve on that um, – you can do that, and you can do that in an in an incredibly creative and meaningful way. Um, and and I love stories of internal entrepreneurs because some of the most important products that we use today are the result of. I mean, think about the iPhone, the the iPhone, the iPod. These were developed by people inside of Apple. I mean, the iPhone, you know, really began with a project. Um, somebody inside of Apple took an iPod and basically gave it internet connectivity and brought it to Steve Jobs. And he hated it. He said, this is terrible. <laughs> this is a piece of crap. But but it took four, but, but he, he saw something in it. And it took four years for, for engineers at Apple to take on that project and essentially convert the iPod into the, I, in, into the iPhone. Um, you know, the story of uh, of TurboTax at Intuit, you know, the mobile program that is now a multi-million dollar revenue stream for Intuit. It was created by an internal entrepreneur. Um, this happens every day. I mean, products at Starbucks are created by internal entrepreneurs. That is very much an entrepreneurial endeavor as much as doing something on your own. And I think that there's room to really be creative and disruptive within a company, especially if your aim ultimately is to improve the place where you work. Fire Nation, we have so many value bombs coming your way as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. Thinkific is the best platform to create, market, and sell your own online courses. And we speak from personal experience. Since moving our online courses over to Thinkific in 2017, we've welcomed thousands of new students into our courses. If you're currently training people in any way or considering it as a business model, and you've got a book, blog, coaching practice, YouTube channel, or podcast, then turning that into an online course can help you reach a wider audience, build revenue, and make a bigger impact. And Thinkific is the perfect partner to have by your side, but you 
might be thinking, what should I create an online course about? I'm glad you asked. Thinkific has an exclusive offer for you, Fire Nation, to join their first ever five-day course challenge today. Over the five days, you'll hear from five rockstar entrepreneurs, including myself, who have firsthand experience in building a thriving online course business. That's right. You'll get tactical, actionable tips and walk away with a complete blueprint for your online course that you'll be ready to put into action. Sign up for this free challenge today at thinkific.com slash fire. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com slash fire. Guy, you are a proponent of entrepreneurship. Why do you believe in entrepreneurship so much? Because I think that it is the engine of innovation, of creativity, and of jobs in, in, in the United States and around the world. You know, look, being an entrepreneur and having your own enterprise, as you know, right, as you know, is an incredibly satisfying way to live your life. You, you've created something. You, you probably, you know, you can potentially employ people and really transform other people's lives. And, you know, most entrepreneurs around the world and in the United States, for sure, are not, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's and, and, and Howard Schultz's. They're, 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 running small enterprises, but small enterprises are also the engine of the economy. I mean, this is really what powers, um, you know, what, 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 what fuels, uh, revenue for states, what, what enables, um, you know, what, what allows for innovation and, and, and research and all kinds of progress. And I, you know, what's interesting is that we talk a lot about entrepreneurs today, right? And, and we're in a moment where entrepreneurs are really fashionable and interesting and 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 they're all you know there are tons of shows your show my show we talk about entrepreneurs but actually there are fewer entrepreneurs in the united states today than there were in the 1980s and 70s right there were actually more entrepreneurs back then <laughs> you know uh, more people work for big companies today I, I really hope that if 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 there's anything good that comes out of this covid period it is that people who lost their jobs took stock of their lives and said, you know what? This might be a sign. This is my my moment and my time to start something new. And I I really hope that we will see a resurgence of entrepreneurship in the United States as a result of, of this crisis because I think it's going to be, you know, we're going to be talking about in five years' time, my hope is that we're going to be talking about amazing products and services that came about only because people had no choice but to start something on their own. I love reminding people of all of the amazing companies that literally started in the Great Depression or during the last Great Recession or during the dot-com bubble. I mean, there was a lot of amazing entrepreneurial stories and success stories that came out of that. And one thing, Guy, that you've just become masterful over the years at is guiding the stories of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. So when it comes to pursuing our own ideas, why is listening to the stories of others so important? Because it reminds us that that we are not that different from them. You know, I mean, if you think about where we are right now in the in the midst of an economic and health global health crisis, one of the things that many people find helpful is actually to hear stories of people they admire who are going through through some challenging times. Yeah, because it's a reminder that you're not alone, and that. Going through a challenging moment is not an end point. It's a point along a long, along a more meaningful 
um, journey, you know, a journey that will last your entire lifetime. And, and I find that in the stories of the people that we bring onto the show, you know, I find that in those stories, I, I, I am, I am trying, what I'm trying to do is, is create a window and a space and an opening for our listeners and me too, by the way, to hear those stories and to say, my God, you know, I, I think I could do that too. I think, I, I think that, that, that this person I'm listening to this, this story from, you know, from, from Herb Kelleher of Southwest Airlines or, you know, Pyle Kadakia of ClassPass or Tristan Walker of Bevel or Howard Schultz. I mean, I, I you know, or, or Kathleen King who started Tate's Cookies. You hear some of these stories and I think my hope is that people hear them and they say, I, I could do that. You know, I, I relate to that idea. And that's, that's really the impetus behind the show. It's designed to to really inspire people not only to to start something or to consider starting something but but also to keep going when you want to give up it reminds us we are not so different from them i mean fire nation really absorb those words and what really came up for me guy when you were talking about that specific phrase is i can remember so clearly growing up you know seeing the arsenio hall show like he was so big he got all mm. the biggest guests he was crushing it everybody's like he is untouchable and then you know things happen and you kind of forgot about it but then he was on the apprentice years and years later and he had to go out and try to raise money for different causes like that was one of the tasks and he tried his entire rolodex and nobody called him back and he looked in mm. the he looked in the camera and he goes you know, when I was on top of the world, everybody called me back. Everybody picked up my call. And now nobody picks up my call. And at that moment, I was like, man, Arsenio, he's just like me. Like, he's just like mm. us. Like, he's just yeah. a person. And we're going to go through ups and downs and roller coasters. But one thing that you've been able to identify over the years is what great businesses do better. Share that with us. I think great businesses bake mission into the idea from day one. So, you know, when when Brian Chesky and Joe Gebbia came up with Airbnb, which was originally called Airbed and Breakfast, their mission really was it was to 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 create connections between people, between strangers. I mean, that really was their mission. And and they that continues to be the company's North Star. Obviously, Airbnb is much bigger. It's a huge business, a multi-billion dollar company. But, you know, I know Brian and I know Joe and they are mission focused. You know, despite the the, the criticisms of Airbnb and the challenges that, that they have faced, um, they really are mission focused to the point where they really do take seriously the criticism and try to address it and try to resolve it. And I think great companies... As I say, from day one, they define their values, they define their mission, and that's that becomes their North Star, and they never lose sight of that. It's very hard to try and engineer mission and values a year, two, three years on, because that's not authentic. But when mission and values are part and parcel of the enterprise from day one, you have a much, much higher chance of creating a sustainable and authentic and successful enterprise. Is your mission baked into your business, Fire Nation? Ask yourself those words. Is it baked into your mission? You said the words, Guy, every failure 
is a hidden blessing. What do you mean by that? I think failure is one of those, it's one, it's a really hard thing, right? Most of us, most of us don't like failing. <laughs> I think most, most people don't like True. it. It's not fun. Um, but without failure, you can, it's, it's almost impossible to learn how to improve, how to, um, how to navigate crises. Now, you know, I think many people think, hear the word failure and they think collapse. They think um, the end. There's no going back. But failure can be small. Failure can be large and small. Um, and one of the reasons why I try and focus so much on failure in my show in, 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 in the book is because that's where we learn. You know, we learn from the failures of others. And we learn, and especially from successful people, people who have found success need to talk about their failures and remind people of how many failures they had because it's also an impetus for those who may not have you know who may not yet have found the the, the level of success they're looking for to keep going uh, with the understanding that failure is part of the game you you have to fail if you're going to get better at what you do and i mean airbnb uh, went through Three years of failure. They, they, the founders emailed twenty venture capitalists in two thousand eight, offering them ten percent of the company for one hundred and fifty thousand oh, dollars. They didn't receive one, one investor, one oh. investment, not one, not a single one of those investors agreed to invest in Airbnb. It took them a while before they 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 were able to 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 get lift and 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 hit cruising altitude. You know, the, the story of Stonyfield yogurt is a story of failure upon failure upon failure. It took Gary Hirschberg, uh, you know, almost a decade before his company turned a profit. I mean, he was hemorrhaging money and it got worse and worse and worse in, 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 in some of the, during some of those years. He kept going back to investors and begging them for money. Um, you know, today it's a multi-billion dollar business. But he had to fail to learn how to do things right and that was the key he had he in order to know what to do right he had to make mistakes he had to fail failure i mean i look back and the first 2000 episodes of entrepreneurs on fire one question i asked every single interview without fail what is your biggest entrepreneurial failure tell us that story and it was those stories that really drew people to number one connect with the guests but then also yeah to learn from that and to say, you know what, I'm going to learn from these failures. I'm going to learn from these struggles. And I'm going to realize that, hey, we're all Clark Kent here. Like none of us are Superman. Like we're all yep. Clark Kent. I love that. So guy, we're going to get into your book in a second here, but I want to finish this part of the interview with a bang. Where do good ideas come from? Good ideas come from talking with a lot of people. And and keeping your eyes open and understanding that every business is essentially solving a problem. The, the point of a business is to solve a problem or to offer a better product or service, which essentially is the same thing. It's solving a problem. If you go out in the world, right, on any given day and you keep your eyes open, you will inevitably run into something that is annoying or irritating or inconvenient. And at some point in your life, maybe it'll happen multiple times, you, you will say to yourself, you know, this, this thing or this product or this service is inconvenient or a problem or it doesn't work well. I, I can make it better. I can fix this. 
that's really where great ideas come from. That is how Airbnb started, you know, um, because the, these guys couldn't afford regular hotels. And that's how, you know, Lyft and Uber started because they didn't want to pay the price uh, of a taxi. And it was hard to get a taxi in, in, in many cities. They were trying to solve a problem that, that they had. And then ultimately, a, a lot of other people had too. And, and so that's really ultimately where the good ideas come from. They come from within, from all of us, by observing, noticing, and identifying problems that maybe you could solve. How many people are you talking to, Fire Nation? How many people are you connecting with? Remember what Guy said, the point of a business is to solve a problem. So open your eyes, open your ears, find the problem you want to solve. It's out there in the world right now. Just go out there and find it. And let's fire up Fire Nation guy. Talk about how I built this, the book. Again, you said over 300 interviews with how I built this. You've done countless interviews on other podcasts and you've spoken from stage. You've been keynotes. Why a book? Why now? Why is Fire Nation in need of this book? I didn't time it for this moment in history, but this moment in history is really, I think, calls for so true. for books like these where people are looking for for some guidance and for reassurance and also ideas on how to navigate um, on how to navigate starting something and building something from from scratch. You know, um, as I say, this is a moment I believe where. We will see, and I hope we see, a, a resurgence in entrepreneurship. And so, you know, initially I, I, I wrote the book for me, you know, for somebody like me who was, had a bunch of ideas in their head, but, but maybe was a little bit n- too nervous to take the leap or maybe wasn't quite ready to do it or didn't really know where to start. And so I wanted to create a, a resource and a guide and a compendium of mistakes because every single mistake that in business has been made thousands of times and i wanted this book to be a resource um, where you could almost you know almost like the phone book where you could open it up and, and find every mistake and the solution to those mistakes and so the book is really designed for for, for you know, I use myself as an avatar for my audience because I think that we're very similar. Um, it's designed for people who are kind of not really sure how to do it, maybe a little nervous, but need that push and also need that help and guidance. And I tell it through stories. It's a narrative-driven book. It's filled with you know dozens and dozens and dozens of stories of some of the most successful entrepreneurs because i think through storytelling and through narrative you really begin to you know to understand um how people successfully navigated all of the challenges that go into business fire nation you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with and you've been hanging out with guy Roz and jld today so please <laughs> keep up that heat and if you do head over to eofire.com and type guy g-u-y in the search bar the show notes page for this entire episode is going to pop up with everything we talked about today timestamps links galore but your call to action fire nation is to read the book how i built this it's designed for people who need that push who need that help who need that guidance 
Guy, thank you for sharing your truth, your knowledge, your value with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks so much, John. Hey, Fire Nation. Today's value bomb content was brought to you by Guy. And if you've ever thought about creating a podcast of your very own, well, guess what? The Podcast Journal is for you. It is a gorgeous faux leather journal that will guide you step-by-step in the creation and launch of your very own podcast in 50 days. Visit thepodcastjournal.com. Use promo code podcast for a $15 discount. And thank you for listening to my podcast. And I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Grow your online business with online courses by jumping into Thinkific's first ever five-day course challenge. Over five days, you'll hear from five rockstar entrepreneurs, including myself, who have firsthand experience in building a thriving online course business. Sign up for this free challenge today at thinkific.com slash fire. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C dot com slash fire.